Hello, I'm Jen Watt. Welcome to the Schools of Wellbeing podcast. This podcast invites you to listen to conversations I am having with fellow researchers and academics who explain the schools of thought that influence what they think well-being and well-becoming means and how it connects to schools, students, teachers, educational leaders, and wider communities. I also have vibrant conversations with K-12 educators about the inspiring ways their schools are living out well-being and well-becoming. My motto for this podcast, come for the joy, stay for the flourishing. I'm so grateful you are joining us as we think about how to live well and thrive in schools. If you listen to my first episode, you will already know that I am brand new to podcasting. The episode you are about to hear is my first interview, so needless to say, I was a little nervous. Thank goodness I had this first interview with three incredibly kind and gracious educational leaders from the Pemina Trails School Division. Pemina Trails is a school division that is made up of 35 schools with approximately 14,600 students, and it is located in the south part of Winnipeg. In this episode, I talked to Jane Friesen, Director of Clinical and Extended Services for Pemina Trails School Division, Shannon Tipping, Principal of Ecole Viscount Alexander, and Colleen Roberts, Principal of General Bing School. We talk about their WB2 projects, their well-being and well-becoming projects, which focused on improving well-being for students as they transition from middle school to high school. I hope you have half as much fun listening to these wise and wonderful women as I did talking to them. Good morning, and uh, today we are uh, with um, Pemina Trails, and we are talking about their project where they've been doing a transition from middle schools to high school and really focusing on well-being. So um, we're here with some wonderful people who are willing to come at 8.30 in the morning, and I'm wondering if they can introduce themselves to me and to you. Hi, my name is Shannon Tipping, and I'm the principal of A Call of Icon Alexander. Good morning. My name is Jane Friesen. I'm the director of clinical and extended services for Pembina Trail School Division. Good morning. I'm Colleen Roberts. I'm the principal at General Bing School. Right on. Thank you. And so you folks have been involved and your division has been involved in a well-being and well-becoming project, which is that partnership between Mass and Manitoba Education and Training and the University of Manitoba. And you had kind of free reign about what kind of well-being project you might want to do. You folks chose transition. Why was that? How did that come about? When we first were approached with this project, it was focusing on the middle years. Yes. Um, so at the time, we, we were focusing on, I, I call Viscount Alexander, which is a middle year school for grades 5 to 8. And at the time, Colleen was at the high school. And uh, with a call Viscount Alexander having three different entry points into transition, we found that a lot of students were experiencing a lot of anxiety um, around the transition process and we wanted to ensure that they were having that smooth transition. And within our division as well, we were doing a lot of exploration about with student voice and looking at some of our transition practices. So we just felt this really fit well with looking at how do we support the well-being and well-becoming of students as they move into high school. And this also connected to our overall divisional look at through attendance um, and also bridging uh, and well-being to the attendance connection to kids making that proper transition to high school. Right, so you were noticing if they weren't transitioning and not feeling comfortable with that, that their attendance were lower. Absolutely. Right because they were feeling anxious and not wanting to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that was sort of your your kind of 
trigger point that this was something to do with well-being and well-becoming that when Absolutely. kids are anxious they're not coming to school and and you were noticing at the middle school age mm-hmm. I'm guessing around in grade eight as yes. they're starting to make decisions around February March they're starting to go to those open houses were you noticing kids were were thinking about it and, and talking about it a bit more and yes you could even feel the energy in the in the building that there was that real anxious feeling amongst the grade eight students and we put a lot of uh, programs in place, like we even had yoga and things like that, yeah. but we thought, how can we really address and get some feedback from students about how they're feeling around this transition process? And that's really how the uh, the project unfolded. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So what did you end up doing in your first year of the project? You're on year three now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So what did you do in, in the first year? Well, our first year, we thought we would start to gather the teachers. We started with the actual grade eight teachers and really brought them together and with Vincent Massey, uh, just being also two of the ones receiving the students and brainstormed a little bit about what well-being really meant to all of us and we started that point and then looking at transition where what currently are our present practices and trying to get sort of a, a summary or an inventory of what we're doing uh, presently that's, that's in place and also then looking at sort of what the needs of kids are through that time and how we're best addressing it so I think that was kind of our first year of gathering teachers looking at research we invited Dr. Thomas Falkenberg to be a part of those conversations along with Heather Krepsky and uh, were very helpful in in kind of working with our teachers and figuring out sort of a well-being and then how it connected, um, how we could begin to look at kids through a survey process. Wonderful. And so what was the survey then? So what we, we, we thought as, a, as a, a group of professionals that we were doing a really good job of transition, but we really wanted to go to the students and ask them. So what we started looking at was we were looking at some U.S. and Canadian surveys that were already available. And then we started to adapt with the staff and with the teachers to look at how can we create a survey where we're going to get a broad perspective. We wanted all students surveyed. Uh, so we looked at an electronic survey for that that was going to be anonymous and then we really wanted to go deeper and looking at some qualitative data doing some interviews with students so we also selected students from each grade 8 class at the time and met with them I think there was about five students randomly selected and we had some further interview questions where we went deeper mm-hmm. and asked them really how they were feeling um, were they you know, what was really helpful for them, um, how they were feeling about the whole transition process to really understand from their perspective, were we addressing their well-being and well, um, well-becoming needs as they moved into high school? Also at that time, we talked about the parent perspective of having that information really collected from those kids that were going to be involved in the survey and uh, really getting their take on sort of uh, their worries and concerns about transition and sort of addressing that in some format. And we thought that was very, uh, followed sort of an ethical guideline. If we were interviewing students, that we were certainly kind of letting their parents being informed mm-hmm. uh, of just even what the questions that were going to be asked of them through the survey, through the interview. And actually, too, we also included from further conversations into a post-survey so that we want to follow those kids, <coughs> students, actually into grade nine and really kind of take a look at those those same ones that we interviewed to now after they've been in a high school, what has been that process been like for them and how well, uh, well, how is their well-being and do they feel sort of safe and connected and feel belonged to? Mm-hmm. And what was some of the insights? What came out of those interviews? What did you discover? 
I think in the first year, looking at Viscount Alexander, we sort of uh, figured out in terms of areas in the surveys that really kids, it's, they were about hope, uh, well, well-being. We talked about relationship. We talked about belonging and also to how well prepared, how confident they were. Right. And so I think the questions really aligned to us being able to examine sort of uh, those answers to those questions. And I think in learning about that, that how critical those aspects were. So, you know, just in terms of tours of the high school, meeting teachers, uh, the schools have actually started the transition process well before the May and June of that transition year that what's been very beneficial to students is that having the crossover teachers uh, from high school come and teach in the in the middle school and sort of doing that sort of partnering in terms of who these kids are as you're taking them through that transition. So that was a credit system understanding. We thought those were some, the more that they knew about the credits, um, how to sort of organize their timetable and what they knew about the classes and the after activities or the, the actual clubs that were involved in high school. Those became really, really important to kids in terms of belonging. That makes sense. And did the parents have similar concerns, wanting to know about the credit system? I mean, it would probably make a difference whether the parents had had people who transitioned before or not, but if it was your first child through, Mm -hmm. was that some of the concerns that you noticed coming out of those surveys as well? Did those align at all, or were they different? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the parental Mm -hmm. uh, feedback was very similar to what the students said. Uh, There was some parental feedback that was really interesting and that was almost um, something I think as educators we need to almost reflect on was focusing on the strategies and the skills that the students already have for transition because oftentimes um, you know as educators will say well you have to be ready for high school and is that and that's something for us to think about is that creating anxiety in the students themselves by increasing their um, their anxiety of, okay, now I've I've really got to be prepared, rather than focusing on what do they already have to help them with that transition. So that's really something that came out of the parental input um, as we moved forward as well. Mm -hmm. Right, so sort of noticing what they already have, Mm -hmm. helping them identify where they are actually Mm -hmm. ready and and being able to put to words, you know, wow, I noticed that you did this, Mm -hmm. and that's really going to help you in high school, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay. I think one of the things that came out, which was... uh, also something that kind of was um, a little bit, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's surprising, but definitely something that for us to consider as educators was the students themselves indicated that this was an opportunity for them to really um, talk about their feelings and talk about um, how they were, um, how the transition process worked for them. Right. And they said without these interviews, it's not something that they would have normally discussed, but it made them it allowed them an, uh, a venue to talk about how they were feeling and look for people to help them with their parents or with their other teachers of how to really support them as they moved into a new school setting. Yeah, so we found actually doing the interviews was so significant mm-hmm. as opposed to the survey that all 83, a large number of kids, mm-hmm. students went through, but the actual interview was really quite significant in terms of, of them feeling prepared, safe, uh, an opportunity to voice levels of concern and, and look at it as more toward excitement. That They felt that that was uh, anticipation and hope that they they felt no one had already asked them those questions before. Oh, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. But I I'm thinking as a researcher as well and thinking about how much data that is and how much time that takes so I mean ideally that would be wonderful to be able to take your every student that's in your school or yours Colleen and have those kind of interviews or to be able to have that follow-up but the time of that is is 
significant. So I'm sure that's something that you think about too. Mm -hmm. And and how do you have those mini conversations or, mm -hmm. or get your teachers involved at some level of having those conversations, which it sounds like this whole program has really got everybody thinking about and, and perhaps doing on, on smaller scales. Mm -hmm. I have to say too, that one of the really in year one, how critical it was to have teachers involved in creating the questions. Yeah. Um, one thing that we had looked at Dr. Wayne Hammond's work and a, and a number of researchers and, and different types of programs mm -hmm. uh, that really kind of had questions and surveys already for, to, to be implementing. But one of the things, the value of having uh, teachers go through it is you really were able to uh, pinpoint some of the key areas that what, what connected for us in terms of well-being, in terms of hope and building relationships and belonging. So that was really uh, uh, just even to see year two and hopefully in year three, being able to uh, work with the groups of teachers to get those questions, really uh, digging at the concepts that we think are related to well-being, right? Absolutely. So you helped me transition there um, right into year two. So uh, Colleen, you're also now kind of coming in in year two uh, and uh, all of you can jump in. And so what happened as you went into year two? You had this data, you're learning that things are aligning with, with students. And, and so in year two, you get invited in and, uh, and how come and, and what happened? So I, I think I would just add one thing to the year one piece yeah. in, the, in that the deeper understanding and, and uh, reflective piece that we got from students was with a panel of kids that we took the to the university for a, yeah. a workshop or a conference that was there. And those kids were able to, in front, in front of other adults, talk about their experience and the, a real deep understanding, I thought, some clarity around their understanding of transition, how that, that transition had occurred for them, and how they might apply their learning to future transitions. I thought there was a, that group of kids were just so insightful. And so, you know, your comment about giving time to that is yeah. so important. And whether that's through a survey opportunity, interview opportunity, or a chance to you know, give testimony in front of a group, I thought our kids did a beautiful job. And, and we were just talking this morning about following up with that group who, who are now in grade 11 mm -hmm. uh, and really taking, taking a deeper look at transitions for them as they look forward to another one. Oh, that's uh, a really interesting idea. 12. Yeah. And it sounds like that whole inquiry cycle, right? So they were invited yes. in, they were asked questions, they were asked questions again, and then they were able to go public with what their knowing <coughs> was too. So there's that, that, that action part of it that also kind of also increases their well-being because they're being, they've got their agency, they've got their voice. So you're adding to well-being in that, that idea of like, we have something that now we, we feel we can teach mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful part of process. Mm -hmm. And the other part I would add to year one was at the time of year one, I was uh, vice principal at, at Vincent Massey. Right. And we were um, receiving school for seven feeder schools. Right. Yeah. And so Cold Viscount Alexander was one of the seven schools. Yeah. I moved to General Bing, which is the second school in, yeah. in that group of seven. And so I had the good fortune to be part of a cohort of grade nines who were moving. Right. And so that's a different grade level. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of kids who are already exposed to high school system and so had knowledge and background and understanding of credits to a certain extent, right. not in a semestered system. But those kids needing to get some understanding and readiness to go on to a big high school right. and learn how that system works. And so in our in our second year, we, we began to focus focus on that, that grade level and getting those kids ready for that opportunity. Uh, again, we involved our teachers who are seasoned and experienced in working with kids who are the oldest in a, in a little school yeah. of uh, K-9s uh, who are now moving on to, to a big school. 
Um, and so our focus was with our teachers and really fine-tuning those questions. I think we spent some time on the survey questions and, and making sure it really hit, it hit our targets. We were taking a look at our current practices as well and getting our kids ready and, and easing that anxiety and not coming so strong with the message of you need to be, right? High school is not going to let you, whatever, whatever yeah. the message can be at, those, at some times for teachers, right, as they're getting mm -hmm. kids ready and the pressure of that. And really assessing the needs of our kids um, because the research had told us that that was a critical time and that's when kids leave school. Yeah. We want to prevent that from happening. Also in year two, and just kind of to um, expand on Colleen, is that being Vincent Massey and the two feeder schools going into Massey, it was really important to know that already that they had imposed a, a, an electronic data collection system that they were actually um, asking feeder schools to come into uh, the large high school with some electronic kind of base of, of data collection that would help them uh, really sort of organize their supports as, the, as needed across their large school. And we took a look at that. That was in year two where we were able to kind of uh, talk a little bit about that and also too from the work we had done, connect well-being into that survey and really spend some time thinking uh, with the developers of that and which has now happened and and look at sort of the needs of what we were collecting and how those two could harmonize where that could be something that we would invite sort of all those feeders then to be that the seven feeders um, going into the large high school as a as a possibility of a future sort of data collection that we could use to be able to uh, sort and kind of go through students needs and and having well-being as one component of that right because different schools feed in at different times. Mm -hmm. So the French mm -hmm. Immersion feeds in after grade eight, but then you have these other six schools coming in mm -hmm. for grade nine. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, some of them in grade eight, some of them in grade nine. Nine, yes. yeah. So, yeah. It, it, so it, it adds complexity to some of the yes. schools, right? Yes. When, and so it's not just one big transition. So whenever you can get that information mm -hmm. and, and to think about data gathering in that way mm -hmm. and, and how you can do that. And so the work of your schools was able to feed in mm -hmm. another component that might have been maybe overlooked if you're just looking at academics or, or that sort of thing. So, And the variances of all the feeders delivering what they feel from their school base is important. But again, how complicated it is when it gets to high school, right? Yes. So it's just even so to get some uniformity and consistency of how information is then shared with the receiving school. So that was what you did in year two. You expanded the project. You continued with the same kind of work that you were doing at, mm -hmm. at Bicount. Did yes. it change at all? or Just with the, um, what we found is the more, um, when you have other contexts coming in, yeah. we wanted to look at, uh, we did adjust some of our survey questions. Uh, first of all, to ensure that we were getting the data that we wanted. Right. Um, but also because of the different contexts, we wanted to make it more inclusive of both schools right. so this, the um, questions changed slightly yeah. and as well as what how we were getting the parental information we did it electronically but we also did it in a hard copy in some instances just to be more inclusive of our entire right. both of our entire school communities but the process then remained the same as as far as getting the electronic survey for all students and then um, asking some students to, to do the uh, more in-depth interviews from both schools, right? Yes, mm -hmm. I, had yes. A, I had a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. I would just add that um, uh, the quality of those surveys, uh, the contribution from Thomas Falkenberg and his, his team. Heather, Heather Kresge. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, th that was a meeting with all of the teachers. So we had both schools together at that point yes. and really taking a look at the quality of those questions. I think, yeah, that was a good process. 
this is now year three for you. So mm -hmm. what's changed this year? What are you doing this year on, uh, on, in the project? At this point, I, I think what we have done is that we've done the post nine survey right. of the students that have made the transition in year two. And um, again, really good information. Uh, just even we were able to get both schools data uh, just even at this time. So that was uh, very reflective. Um, at this point in October, um, making good uh, connections into schools, information has been used, it's been shared. We've been able to kind of gather uh, a team now looking at at, um, the database that we've, uh, the electronic database, we've pulled that uh, group together that sort of included more divisional um, people to kind of help us really kind of look at, uh, is this a possibility of something that could be uh, reflected and used divisionally? Um, and can it lead to that um, you know, down the road? So um, we've tried to kind of work with a system called Clever that's already in our school division and try to see if this transition format could be something that uh, could be useful in sort of the large high schools of students kind of being flagged and coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of, those are those are two pieces that have happened. Um, I think just even now it comes where uh, I think probably uh, now in January we're looking at uh, how to now bring those seven feeders together of the schools that go into the one high school, talking about that electronic database. Uh, I think also too we're looking at a, a meeting with our uh, middle years and senior years cohorts where we just share our survey. Uh, again, we're sort of reflecting on how much data that would be to open up to all our um, schools in terms of survey and interviews, mm -hmm. but really reflect to them about our process, what we've learned, and also the invitation that they can go forward and, and use the tools we have and, and give us some feedback. Mm -hmm. So we kind of thought we'd leave it at that point for year three in terms of sharing at this. Um, and then with looking at the one piece that we think will extend is possibly this electronic clever system that we've put in place. Right, yeah. And I think one of the things in year three as well is really working with the high schools to ensure that that form or that electronic data form that we're, we're using really is information that is going to be valuable for the high schools. So I know that we have already started to include um, the high schools in our discussions to ensure that the it's going to be valuable information as we move forward for right. that. Because that transition isn't just one side, right? It's right. not just the work that the middle schools have to do. It's how that's now taken up in the high schools mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So that's part of this this conversation about how do we use all this data that we're mm -hmm. gathering, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds fascinating. Um, and it sounds like, uh, you know, there's so many things that, that could happen as you go division-wide, but mm -hmm. the, the steps that you've taken as, as you've mm -hmm. grown it is, is really interesting and mm -hmm. gives a lot to think about and mm -hmm. a lot of future directions mm -hmm. for all of you, right? Mm -hmm. I just think focusing again on, you know, really talking to the students and understanding where they're coming from, because even when we included the other school, the context and the perceptions are always different, whether they're coming in from grade 9 and grade 8, and really having those conversations with students and including their voice in that transition process is really important yeah. as we move forward. I agree, Shannon. Student voice is probably our, our, our um, main focus and need, but the challenge of, of uh, maintaining yes. and holding student yes. voice is is difficult as kids move move around and there's transiency and, and you are paying attention to a new cohort and trying to hold on to the voice of the the, the ones that have already moved forward. So I think that's our focus and our challenge. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And so that would be kind of the takeaway lesson or idea for other schools and divisions is to, to try and find a way to get that student voice 
and and to yeah to start thinking about how do we how do we keep that voice but also listen to the voices that are that are currently in our schools. And one thing I would add too is that adding feedback to the voice. Like I, I noticed that uh, with some of the WB two projects that um, there was um, aspects of giving students feedback, and yeah. so I just I think that would be something that after the surveys, after the interviews, but looking at uh, some tool or something that could be to give feedback. Like it just kind of you know they hear the study opportunities as a study as a whole but but really specifically to them and and seeing sort of aspects of hope and and the positivity of what they're seeing about a new beginning and a and a transition piece that I think is really quite exciting from the information that we gleaned from what they're saying absolutely so they get to hear back a little bit from what they have said and what others have said mm-hmm. and it's that again it's that kind of reinforcement or that that second yeah. yeah and I think one of the things we've been reflecting on too is is the timing of our interviews appropriate right. um, we are you know we have been doing the grade nines right at the beginning of the year and is that an appropriate time or should we be waiting later in the year after they've started into their academic program so that's something that we've mm-hmm. been reflective on as well as when do we do that right. so that's the most mm-hmm. effective yeah thinking about those cycles of schools mm-hmm. and have they had a are they you know are you catching them at a honeymoon period or are you catching them after they've mm-hmm. had a chance to try the first exams and those sorts of things and would that be different and and maybe mm-hmm. if, if you did eventually get to the point where you could follow up with some of those grade 11 students or grade 10 students mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. It, it might give you a different story mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. interesting and take a look at kids who are outliers outside yes. that group that are not Pemina Trails kids and are not part of the seven feeder schools, but in this case, the, yeah. the seven feeder schools, but come in from other schools and have other experiences and try to honor and, and hold them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things the students said for us was that because they felt supported when we, we were starting this, um, the discussions with them, they were anxious, but also it was mixed with excitement. So I think if the supports are there and um, they feel that they are supported, they know who to go to if they have questions, they can be anxious, but it's also, they feel excited as well. Yeah. So that's something yeah. to think about as... So thinking about their well-becoming then, because this is kind of their well-being at the moment, the transition here, what do you think that they might be taking away about transitions for the future in their lives? We all go through transitions at through all of our adulting. Mm-hmm. So how do you, do you think that they are becoming more conscious or more aware of it so that they may bring some of these ideas forward to the next transitions? I mean, I guess that's a bit of a speculation, but I was just wondering if you'd if that was something that was maybe even coming out of some of the data or some of the conversations you were having with the students? That's a great question. I I think, you know, when Jane spoke at the beginning about the work that's being done in the school division, and the, one of the areas is around mental health and really helping kids understand when they're flourishing and when they're managing really well. Yeah. That the, the language that Shannon was using around kids understanding that anxiety actually is excitement yes. and understanding those feelings and what's normal and normalizing that as you move forward and something's new and different, it's it's okay to feel that way. And, mm-hmm. and figure out how to cope and help each other through that and create yeah. supports for that. How to use that energy that you have to kind of propel yourself through mm-hmm. some things that are that are new or that are different. It would be nice, sorry, to think that this this project weaves into so many of the other things that are already going on, yeah. like our yeah. mental health work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Self-awareness. It was just the self-awareness, what the building block of them feeling more confident and willing to take risks, right? It sort of all interweaves in terms of what they were saying of how confident they felt. And I think the more we do in transition, really connected well to how successful they had been through that 
process, like it just kind of it's or how they spoke about it. Yeah. Um, so the confidence you could really, you know, from the from the tours, from the meeting teachers, from the seeing the clubs, uh, from knowing the phys ed teacher that had come over to do a gym class, yeah. uh, to knowing understanding the credits that more and more that the students were able to talk about those pieces. You just saw that really turn into more uh, feeling solid and feeling knowing what's going to be happening and just really kind of fed into their success I think. Yeah, I think at that symposium that we did at the University mm -hmm. of Manitoba they articulated that. They said this this transition helps us apply our skills to other life transitions, transitions was the word said. what's the words mm -hmm. that they said yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is very exciting. Mm -hmm. I think the work that you're doing in Pemina Trails and, and this project is is so needed and I'm so grateful for you and I think that us being able to listen to that really helps other people think about the transitions that they're making in their schools and their divisions and and really paying attention to student voice and well being and becoming. So thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity. Schools of Wellbeing is hosted by me, Jen Watt. It is executive produced by Jen Watt and the amazing Rebecca Herringer. It is also edited by the yet more amazing Rebecca Herringer. The beautiful music is composed and performed by a recent Bachelor of Education student from the University of Manitoba, Malcolm Ericastia Summers. This podcast is funded through support from my University of Manitoba Research Startup Funds. It is hosted on the Wellbeing and Wellbecoming in Schools in Canada Research Initiative website, which is available at wellbeinginschools, all one word, dot ca. Please feel free to email me comments or suggestions at jennifer.watt at umanitoba.ca or leave a review wherever you downloaded this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be well, everyone.